Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Donald Trump continues to prove he's the most pro-life president of all time. Or something like that. Also, it's almost postseason time in Major League Baseball. We've got a lot to talk about on this Truth or Fiction Tuesday. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni, and this is Critical Thinking. Good Truth or Fiction Tuesday to each and every one of you listening via podcast or watching on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. We've got a ton to get into on the program today, so I say we just dive right in because um, you might have missed, or if you watched or listened to yesterday's show, you might have noticed that there was a piece of the conversation puzzle that was missing. Namely, we were not covering the statement made by Donald Trump over on Truth Social. That would be because it happened after we actually put the show together, so that would be a problem for us. We are not mind readers. We are not, uh, well, he is a shapeshifter, but uh, not time travelers. Also, um, neither you and Jen Psaki. Neither of no, no, I'm no. You're never not, in the same I, place at the same time. You notice that? Gee, I wonder why. I live in Utah. She lives in what? D.C., New York, wherever. <laughs> whatever, whatever, you, of. whatever you gingers say. Whatever you say. Yeah. Um. But here, here's the thing. Um. Neither of us are on True Social, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, but we are on X, and a lot of what he posts on Truth Social ends up Doesn't making its way to X because, well, it's frankly, um free advertising for him so uh pretty much yeah yeah i just um wow so we got a lot to talk about and that includes um donald trump's statement in fact um two of our truth or fictions are kind of similar and folks if you know anything about how we put truth or fiction together we create statements the other doesn't know what the other one is going to 
say for their statements. And we share them with you. Also, you could participate in this section of the program. You can do so on X, at The Coppin Show, at The Pat Oni Show, hashtag truth or fiction. Just use that. Reply to one of our tweets with a hashtag truth or fiction, and you just might make it onto the airwaves or the wonderful Rumble channel. All right. So with that being said, Pat, I think we have to kick off with this. Truth or fiction. Donald Trump was never really pro-life. Truth or fiction. Well, I think if we go back to, it was, what I think last Monday's episode, I think. Mm-hmm. When we talked about his uh, statements, when he came out about uh, compromising on on pro life and the heartbeat bills and all that fun, yeah, where he called uh, he called the uh, uh, Ron DeSantis six week heartbeat he, bill a terrible thing. Terrible, yeah, terrible thing. And, and and where he's essentially negating his his perhaps what many might consider his crowning achievement in the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Um, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, we we overturned Roe versus Wade. Now let's go back and let's make a compromise. No, he was never pro-life, ever. It was he he licked his finger, he stuck it up in the air, he figured out which way the wind was blowing on that particular issue, and that's what he went with in terms of his political view, if you will, um, in 2016. He did the same. He's doing the same thing now. Because someone's telling him, by the way, that, and this is my belief, that someone is telling him that, oh, you need you need single women voters in this next election because they, they didn't turn out for you in the last election and were largely against you. Um, folks, here's the thing. So I would rather lose. Got Beyonce every- playing on a loop at Mar-a-Lago? Right. I would rather lose. <laughs> I would rather lose every election. Every election. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, dude? <laughs> if you're not watching on Rumble right now, Andrew's practically doing the single ladies dance from Beyonce on, on, on like, sitting in his chair. It's, I'm an expert chair dancer. Yes. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is absolute uh, BS, though, in, in terms of what he's doing because he's he's not – He's again. He's just sticking his finger in the air. That's all he's doing. He was never pro life, ever, mm-hmm. not once. Mm-hmm. You don't so go for. So first things first me. here, Pat. I, mm-hmm. Before I say anything on this subject, let's just take a look in a gander at the statement that he made because, you know, like you said last Monday, we discussed what he had talked about in the um, was it Meet the Press interview. Yeah, it was a Meet the Press on Or CBS, on one of the two. It was you know, it was Meet the Press on Sunday. Okay. And we covered it on Monday. Right. Yeah. So it was either NBC News or or CBS News. One of the two. Doesn't really matter. He goes in front of the mainstream media that he derides all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. And our hypothesis was that this is the dumbest thing you could do. Because you have to win a primary to get to the general election, right? Mm-hmm. 
And the the furthering of that hypothesis was that attacking your own biggest strength, your own best domestic achievement, if you will, is the dumbest thing you could possibly do. It is dumb politically, it is dumb strategically, it's dumb all sorts of ways. You would think that after a week of hearing that criticism from every corner of the conservative world, by the way, every corner, whether that's Sean Hannity, whether that is Dan Bongino, whether that is whomever, this is what he decided to put out on Truth Social yesterday. Quote, pro-lifers had absolutely zero status on the subject of abortion until I came along. For 52 years, everyone talked but got nothing. I got it done. There would be no talk of a six-week ban or anything else without me. Roe v. Wade allowed the killing of a baby at any time, including the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth month, and even after birth. They, therefore, are the radicals, not us. And now, because of our Supreme Court victory, the power has shifted. And for the first time, those fighting for the pro-life movement have been given tremendous power on this issue. Before our victory, they had nothing. And they will have nothing again if we don't win elections. Like Ronald Reagan, I believe in the three exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. You have to follow your heart. But without the exceptions, it will be very hard to win elections. The six-week ban on abortion, among other things, like his fight against Social Security and Medicare, killed the DeSanctis campaign. Hmm. Okay. There is, there is something that he's not wrong about here. What did the pro-life movement do prior to the Donald Trump presidency? What did they actually accomplish? Did we get rid of Planned Parenthood? Did we actually get rid of Rover? Even come yeah. close to getting rid of Rover's way before him. He's not wrong about those things. So, yes, I agree with you. We've talked mm -hmm. about the, the big baby industry. We've talked about the pro-life grifter, you know, Big Baby Inc., where mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. raise money hand over fist, enrich themselves, and never actually produce a result. Because they, in order for them to uh, continue a career, Roe versus Wade has to stay in place, right? Otherwise, when that goes away and the states get to begin choosing how they would like to deal with this issue, right? Mm -hmm. What happens to their cash cow? Right. So, I I will seed that point. But the rest of this, and this is why my statement is true, right? He has never been right. pro-life. He never really has been. And you hit some of the nail on the head, I would say three quarters of the way. The other quarter of this is that, yes, he put his finger in the air, wet his finger, put it in the air. Which way is the wind blowing today? I agree with you. That's part of what he did. But what we are seeing now is the core of who he really is coming out. He is a New York centrist, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
he's attempting to tie DeSantis to Social Security and Medicare killing, like grandma and grandpa going over the cliff. That's the tactic of the left. And this is the part that, that I think a lot of people are missing here, is that Donald Trump is attacking from the left. When he won in 2016, he was attacking from the right on every issue. The border wall, illegal immigration, abortion, down the line, right? Economics from the right. He is taking the position of the left today. He is to the left. And part of this is because people like DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, and others have gone to his right. They have read the room and noticed the gaping hole to the right of where Donald Trump is standing. But this is also about who he is to his core. What I cannot abide, though, in this statement is the credit that he takes for Roe versus Wade's overturning. Could we go into our way back machine, Pat? We actually have two other people to really thank, and these are going to be ironic names. Number one is Mitch McConnell. If it wasn't for Mitch McConnell and the Republican Senate at the time, right, holding the seat of power that they had, we would have a Justice Merrick Garland right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think Roe versus Wade's overturned at that point? No. Hail to the no. John Roberts would have put his finger in the air and read whichever way the wind was blowing on that issue. So, hey, Donald Trump, where's your thanks of to Mitch McConnell for not nominating and not allowing and playing political hardball, right, on Merrick Garland? Mm-hmm. Saying, yeah, no, we're not doing this in an election year. And sticking to his guns. For as much as I don't like Ditch or Cocaine Mitch or whatever you want to call him, much as I think he does not belong in the Senate anymore, whatever the medical issue actually is, it is creating a cognitive issue at this point in time and an inability to be fully functioning as a human being for a stretch of time should disqualify you from become, from being a senator. But that notwithstanding, at that point in time, none of that was a case for Mitch McConnell. So that's all. That's one person you have to thank. There's a second person you have to thank. And that person's name is, can you take a wild swing at who that is? I'll give you a hint. She's notorious. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Yep. 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 Okay. I see where you're going with this, by the way. Because Roe versus Wade is not overturned. 
if she also doesn't do what? Stick around until the very end right. of her life. Mm-hmm. We could not have overturned Roe versus Wade if she would have done what the left wanted her to do, which is retire well prior to the end of Obama's last term in office. Right? Right. Because it's technically a 6-3 majority. It could have been 6-3 the other way. Right? Right. Okay. We could not have overturned Roe without the notorious RBG deciding to hold fast to the tradition of the Supreme Court and literally die in office. That's a reality, folks. So as much credit as Donald Trump gets for one thing, by the way, the Roe versus Wade quote-unquote litmus test, but we also have a third group that needs recognition. Because as great as it is that you put pro-life or pro-reading the Constitution justices up there, you have to say that the real people who did this are the ones who voted to end Roe versus Wade in Jones or Dobbs versus uh, Jackson, right? Right. Even if you put pro-life people in those positions, they still have to vote. They could have easily voted one direction here without overturning Roe versus Wade, by the way. But they went whole hog. Those are the people that you have to actually give credit for overturning Roe versus Wade to. Not you. In actuality, Donald Trump is probably fourth on the list of people or on the list of number one is the justices who endured all the things, lest we forget the protests, the death threats, the um, murderous maniac that almost killed one of the justices, right? Lest we forget that, um, oh, Merrick Garland played uh, fast and loose with protections for these people. Lest we forget that they literally risked their lives, literally, in an unprecedented situation in which their decision was leaked, the draft of the decision leaked. Magically, we still don't know who it was either, right? Those are the people at the very top of the list. I would argue Ruth Bader Ginsburg is number two on the list because without her dying during Donald Trump and not Barack Obama's term, there's no flipping of the Supreme Court to a more constitutional bent, which is ironic. Number three on the list is Merrick freaking Garland or Mitch McConnell, excuse me, for what he pulled with Merrick Garland, right? And saying, no, we're not doing this. And then you get Donald Trump. Because, yes, Donald Trump, congratulations, right? You gave us Neil Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett. 
who were part of this group. What about Brett Kavanaugh? See, so, yes, again, Brett Kavanaugh, but I think that had more to do with um, finding a more centrist version, right, because of the Merrick Garland situation. So mm-hmm. I have to give Brett Kavanaugh credit for sticking by some pro-life constitutional reading of the Constitution, right? I Congratulations. You put the people in that position. Did you also then demand the end of funding of Planned Parenthood to the Republican-controlled Senate and the Republican-controlled for the first two years that you were in office, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives? Did you do that? He did not. He did not. Huh. Wait, 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 wait. What was that, Pat? He did not. So... All you did was take the recommendation of either heritage or some other law, constitutional law group, right? Was it the Thomas More Society or whatever it is, right? You, you took their recommendation and then you, you had a list and you checked three names off of the list. Congratulations. Congratulations. Now stand by your pro-life bona fides, right? Instead, instead, what has he done? He's gone to the left of everybody else. Nikki Haley looks to his right. Chris Christie looks to his right. What you talking about, Willis? Riddle me how this... You said that he was taking some advice, right? Which I believe he is. I I think someone's advising him. What was the advice? That it's about single women? Yeah, it's about but trying to get like single women voters and those that are pro-aborts to vote for him, which is horrible advice, by the way. I'm going to take the second part first. We explained this, or at least I did last week. Mm. So if you are in the MAGA Forever camp, can you please get this message to Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. If there is somebody who is voting on the issue, not has a stance on the issue, but is a motivation for their vote and their pro-abortion, they are never voting for you. 120%. This is why it's horrible advice. Also, single women. I don't believe since 84 or 88, I, I can't remember which one of the two elections it is, but it is one of those two. The Republican uh-huh. Party has never won single women. Let alone young people since like 84 or 88. It was I think young like people point. was 88 was yeah. the last time. It was, only, it was only about like a point too. Yeah. Um, when you are doing this, Pat, what are you also doing to your base? 
This is the miscalculation. And here's my advice to those in the MAGA forever crowd. Get this advice to Donald Trump, please. Fire whomever in the hell is giving you this advice because it is the worst pieces of advice that you could possibly have. Or my theory on this, he's not getting advice on this. Which is possible. That is he's possible. not getting advice on anything. Mm. He is doing what he thinks he needs to do to quote unquote win. And it's, he believes in two things, Pat. The theory of I could go out on 47th Street, right? And shoot whomever in broad daylight and people would mm-hmm. still vote for me. Yep. That's, that's his first theory. So that's his base. He believes that it doesn't matter what he says, what he does, whom he does it to, what's going on. His base is going to vote for him no matter what. That's theory number one. And theory number two is, well, if I work to expand and seem like a a compromising individual, that suburban soccer mom will vote for me. Which is horrible, horrible thinking. They're not going to vote for him. He has one formula. Your base shows up more than the other side's base. Remind you, you're not just attempting to win. So here's the other part of this that I don't understand, Pat, from a political calculation standpoint. Generally speaking, right, you're going to watch people run further right in a Republican primary and maybe triangulate a little bit to the center for a general election, right? Right. Or they might emphasize things that are more compromised or compromising, not compromised, but compromising in their (coughs) political life. Things they're willing to hear the other side on in a general election than they would in the primary. Generally speaking, right? Generally speaking. On this issue, given what we saw him say last week about the six-week abortion ban, the the so-called heartbeat bills, right? Mm. And what he just said, what room does he have to move to the left? He actually needs to go further right. His position is actually closer to Joe Biden's position on this issue, given what he said in his statements, than it is to the Republican Party. So if I'm looking at this from a political standpoint, right? From a purely strategic, strategery standpoint, he has nowhere to go. This is his lane and this is it. He can't go to the right because why? Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie of all freaking people and even Vivek, or Vivek, excuse me, Ramaswamy, have the right lane. They are to the right of him. And then he can't go to the left because the left hates him. Bingo. 
So whom, again, like we said last week, whom in the hell is the voter you think you're going to win over with this argument? I'll give you one hint. It is nobody. There is not a single voter given your statements. In fact, the opposite is actually true here. You do more harm to your position with your own base than you do in gaining any vote in the general election. Memo to everybody in Team Trump. You actually have to win the primary before you attempt to win a general election. Looking at the general election today will lose you the primary tomorrow. I promise you that. I absolutely promise you that. And here's how I know it, Pat. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ron DeSantis is going to be the big boy in the room at this week's, right? At this week's um, debate. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to elevate. He should be the big boy in the room. And everybody's going to be able to see his conservative bona fides, right? All the things that he's done. Contrast that with your last two statements, the last two things that people remember about you. Uh, You think pro-life bills are terrible and bow down to me. It's only because of me and suck at pro-lifers. What? Also, the second part of this, Pat, is Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis in November. That's your first presidential debate, in my view. Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom do not make this happen if there's no political gain for either side. And what does it actually make happen? It's, number one, a reminder of the fight between the states and their differences, right, in how they govern, okay? Notice I used the word govern. It's, number one, a reminder that they both know how to govern. Number two, it makes them look like the leaders of their party, right, their respective parties. Mm -hmm. I abhor 99% of what Gavin Newsom stands for, what he believes in, what he has enacted into legislation. I absolutely do. But this is a masterstroke for both of them because it puts them on the national stage 
and as the forefront of their two parties. They've bypassed the BS. They've bypassed the machinations and whatever's going on inside their own parties and put themselves on their own pedestals and their own platforms. It has zero risk for either one of them. Because if Gavin Newsom falls on his face this time, he's got four more years and he can go back, right? Mm-hmm. And no risk. It's all reward because if he performs moderately well, Gavin Newsom becomes a very viable option and bye-bye Joe. On the other hand, for Ron DeSantis, he's got this opportunity on the 29th. There's another one in October, right? And then that November one to rack up three times that he can go in front of the American public. Unless you forget that, what was it, almost 10 million people tuned into that first debate? Mm-hmm. But, Andrew, there were 230 impressions, 230 million impressions, right? That, that, that's more than the number of active X users, okay? That's like double the number of active X users. Now, if you just put that into the terms of the United States of America, that Tucker Carlson and, and um, that's like four or five times the amount of active American X users. And then, and, then all, and then how many of them are active primary voters from there? Right. You mm-hmm. No, that number doesn't matter. It doesn't. The impact was nothing. It, nobody right. was talking about it outside of the first day. It had no staying power whatsoever. Right. So, I again... You have to win the primary before you win the general election. And where are you going if you are Donald Trump? It turns out that I fervently believe he's not getting much in the way of advice. He is actually showing you who he is. And he has never actually been really pro-life. He believes that he can get away with saying the Ronald Reagan line because everybody at every debate tries to run as Ronald Reagan to the American public. And even Ron DeSantis has done it, but he's de-emphasized that. And we have also noticed this tactic from Ron DeSantis over the last couple of weeks, right, where he is finally by name Prior to the last couple of weeks, it's never been necessarily by name a direct attack by name on Donald Trump. He's done it multiple times over the last couple of weeks. Him personally doing that prior? Nope. He attacked policy or hinted at the name, right? but never directly does that name come out of his mouth until the last couple of weeks, even when asked questions about Donald Trump prior to the last couple of weeks. We've seen him go direct. I just, I just struggle, man. I, I, how, where are we going here politically if you're uh, a Donald Trump supporter? All right, with that being said, though, Pat, uh, your first truth or fiction. Uh, Truth or fiction, I feel like we more or less have already answered this already, but uh, Donald Trump of today is not the same guy that ran in 2016. 
So I, regardless of what he has done on the pro-life situation and what we know of his triangulation at best on other issues, um, he can't be the same guy. If you are the same in 2023 as you were in 2016, that means the presidency meant nothing to you. You didn't learn anything. You didn't grow. You didn't change. You haven't understood the world that we exist. Like, like here's a great example of this, right? AI. Not a damn thing of that was going to happen in the 2016 election. It was beginning to bubble to the surface of consumerism, right? Mm -hmm. It was there in the background, but it was not a issue. It was not a thing that became part of the cultural lexicon, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Th there's a great example of it. He has to be a different person. He has to be a different person than in 2020 because his... 2020 shtick lost him. But I would suggest that he is not a changed person. So I have to go fiction. I think he is a changed. He has evolved positions, right? But that mm -hmm. evolution of position has been from the caricature of what he believed the Republican Party would stomach to whom he really is. That's where I think this is. That's why I think this is is fiction. He hasn't really changed. There's, it's always been about Donald Trump, never about the country, never about anything other than him. That's never changed. His core hasn't changed one bit. Because his core has been malleable from the get-go. He doesn't have a core belief other than what makes Donald Trump famous, rich, or the combination of the two. So that's where I come down. So I, I, I see your point on that. Um, <clears throat> however... I, I think where I would go with this is that you can't you can't sit here and just alienate your base and disagree with your base all the time on certain issues and expect to win a primary. Um, now, obviously, we know that there are those in his base that are going to vote for him no matter what he does and no matter what he says. We, we've established that. But there are also going to be those within his base that are going to be like, Maybe I should vote for someone else because I want to win a general election too. So on to your point, no, he hasn't changed personally just for the sake of um he he's showing you who he is now, I think. I I, I think that's that's that that part is true. Mm -hmm. However, I think he is changing politically because He's 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 not even trying to really primary at this point. He's trying to win a general election. He's trying to win popularity again, um, which I would argue was that ever really even there to begin with, um, you know. But the the point is is like like you can't you can't expect to win a primary. You can't expect to become the GOP nominee 
if you were going to sit there and go after um, conservatives on core issues, and and I, I would even argue that those core issues are going to vary from certain conservative states to another. But you can't do that either. I mean, so I, I can see where this is fiction, but I can also see where this is truth. But I think it also depends on how you're looking at him as a candidate. Are you looking at him politically? Well, then it's truth because then he's not the same politically as he was in 2016. Have we really heard him say much about, um, you know, doing something like 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 uh, where where it's catchy, like build a wall? Have we really heard him come out and do something like that? Have we really heard him come out and really go after other candidates besides Ron DeSantis at this point? I mean, Ron DeSantis is the only one that has a nickname for Pete's sakes that I know of. Um, I mean, yeah, he's gone after Chris Christie too, but he doesn't really care about Chris Christie. He cares about Ron DeSantis. He doesn't care about anybody else at this point. He doesn't see anybody else as a challenger. Um, but if you're going after him personally... No, I, 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 th- I think I think we've established, especially when you look at the pro-life issue, we've established who he really is. He hasn't really changed. He's playing the political scene, if you will, in, in terms of he's still putting his finger in the air. He's still looking at it, and he's still determining which way the wind is blowing on all the issues. So, no, in that sense, it's not, it is complete fiction because... He's done the same thing he's done ever since 2016. Yeah, I think this is kind of a mixed bag one, and and I hate riding the fence, but uh, ultimately I come. I don't down like with it this. either, but it's, yeah. that's that's kind of where I came down with this. That's fair enough. All right, with that in mind, though, Pat, I think it's a great time for us to take a little bit of a break from truth or fiction and play the B or not the B for the day. And with that, Pat, are you ready for today's headline? Oh, I'm always ready for today's headline. All right. Today's headline. Writers return from strike refreshed and ready to destroy more beloved franchises. Writers return from strike refreshed and ready to destroy more beloved franchises. And while you are thinking about that, folks, again, I cannot emphasize this. If you are looking to make a move for your family, if you're considering downsizing, you need more, you need less, Given the tightness in the market, given how difficult it can be to purchase a home or to sell your home and wonder how you're going to upsize your home or downsize or whatever needs to happen, now more than ever, you need to strategize. I cannot emphasize this enough. So wherever you are, I can help you. That's right. Me, myself, and I, Andrew Coppins, realtor, licensed here in Illinois, but not just here in Illinois. I can also use my vast network of referrals to get you the right people that understand data, that understand strategy, and understand your beliefs. So don't just choose the cousin's best friend's brother that's a realtor. Don't just choose somebody because you know them. Choose them because you know how they work. I cannot emphasize that enough. And guess what? Realtors can smell out BS a mile away from other realtors, okay? That's just the reality of it. So wherever you are, if you are beginning that journey and you do not have somebody that you ultimately trust, please hit me up. DM me. You can email me. 
It's at it's andrew.coppins at compass.com. Andrew.coppins at compass.com. You can find me on the internet. Book a time. Schedule some time with me. Let's figure out the situation and get you into a right situation. All right. With that being said, Pat, um, do you need the headline one more time? Again, this is for no, $100 of central bank digital currency into our account. This is big time money for real for real money that we'll never access. So it might as well be $0. So a lot on the line for you, Pat. Yes. $0 on the line for me because I'll never be able to access it. Therefore, this is the Babylon B. So thank you for the softball. Since I gave you one yesterday that, that, that got crushed out of, out, out of here. Yes, you oh are my. correct. This is the Babylon B. And for those who have not been paying attention, the writers guild of America reached a tentative agreement yesterday ending a 150-day strike in which nobody noticed and nobody cared that you were on strike, which tells you a lot. Anyway, Hollywood, California. As news of a tentative agreement between Hollywood Studios and the Writers Guild of America broke, television and film writers expressed excitement and renewed vigor to return to the important work of destroying the entertainment world's most popular and beloved franchises. Quote, let's destroy some childhoods, said screenwriter Greg Valentine. We've been out of work for months, and I've spent the entire time coming up with some amazing ideas for deconstructing and tainting the legacies of pop culture's most sacred and highly regarded intellectual properties. You thought The Last Jedi was bad? You ain't seen nothing yet, folks. (laughs) Fans around the globe shuddered in horror at the thought of an entire guild of writers being unleashed once again to pervert and sully their favorite franchises and characters. Oh, no. What are they going to do? What? asked terrified film fan Cody Callow. I was hoping the strike would keep going longer than this. Haven't they done enough damage? What's next? A trans James Bond? Ethan Hunt renouncing his American citizenship in the next Mission Impossible movie? Make it stop. The returning writers seemed undeterred by the reservations expressed by fans. They'll never be able to stop us, Valentine continued. We are endless fountains of creativity. When we're not completely undercutting decades of classic storytelling by rebooting beloved old movies, we're just churning out tired, repetitive Marvel sequels. We are a tidal wave of destruction. Get out of our way or get steamrolled, baby. At publishing time, Disney has already announced new LGBTQ-friendly animated reboot of the live-action version of the original animated source material of The Lion King. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. So, thank you for the $100 deposit into our central bank digital currency banking account that we are completely locked out of because our ESG score hovers like 10 points below the the minimum amount for us to be able to get to the first $1,000 that's in that account. Why do I feel poorer, though? You are richer in spirit, Pat, but poorer in reality because... um, this is way closer to, to truth than the Bella B. All right. With that being said, it is time for us to get into our second truth or fictions. So, Mr. Padoni, your second truth or fiction is the following. Truth or fiction, the Atlanta Braves will win the World Series this year. Fiction. Absolutely fiction. My Milwaukee Brewers are winning. Uh, 
I also think uh, you're going to have to look at the Baltimore Orioles and the top of the NL East. Um, AL East? Or AL East, yes. That's what I meant. Um, you also cannot count out the Dodgers. Just going to put that out there. But I also think you can't count a team like the Brewers out. Because what are they? What are, what have they shown over the last couple of weeks? They made some really smart late season late season season acquisitions. In Donaldson, right? He's crushing home runs. Um, Carlos Santana has been a great pickup for them. Mark Conahan or Conhan, Cannon or Conan. I don't know. Uh, He's been an absolutely amazing pickup. He is since he got traded to the Brewers is batting some ridiculous thing like 358 or something like that with like 16 home runs. It's insane what he's done. Arguably the most impactful trade in all of Major League Baseball. And then when you get to the postseason, you get Freddie Peralta, you get Woodruff, and you also get um uh, who's there? Um, it's Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and uh, oh my God, who's the third one? Pat. Uh, why would I know? I don't watch the Brewers. Oh my gosh, because he's probably the best of them all, which is really funny that that name is. Uh... Is it you're blanking on it right uh-huh. now? Uh huh. Yeah. And, and you're the Milwaukee Brewers fan. Corbin Burns, you idiot. <sighs> Andrew. Me? Idiot. I'm yeah, the idiot? Me. I'm the idiot considering? I was talking to me. Called oh, myself oh, sure, an idiot. Sure. Yeah. Corbin yeah. Burns, Freddie Peralta, and, and Brendan Woodruff. In the postseason, you need three good starting pitchers. Actually, you need two lights out and a third good. The Brewers have three lights out pitchers. Now. The question is, can they get consistent hitting, right? Don't know on that. One day you'll get 16 runs. The other day you might get three. But in the postseason, all that matters is your ability to pitch well and your ability to get timely hitting. I think the Brewers match up well with anybody because of that. They can explode at any point in time for home run city that they're a very very dangerous postseason team. I don't think the Braves have a have a walk in the park at all. I I think they've got two good, two very good pitchers and a third that's a little so that's a struggle for me. They have the best offensive firepower in all of baseball in my opinion. I I just postseason baseball is a different animal. And that's been proven by the Brewers when they've been the best team in all of Major League Baseball, right? Deciding to choke it out in the divisional round, right? Multiple times. And, and, and let's be honest. I mean, what are the chances of your Brewers choking it out now? Th- there's no expectation of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, true. they're not that's expected to, to be the team that goes the furthest. Right, you're there. Everybody's looking at to the coast, to Atlanta and L.A. Fair, 
Fair. So that's where I come down on this. There, don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting the fact that the Braves are a very, very good baseball team. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the postseason is a different animal. And just to assume that what you're producing in the regular season happens in the postseason is a fool's errand in this era of Major League Baseball. Back in the day when it was best versus best or you had four instead of six teams, right, in the mix, yeah, that that would matter way more. Anyway, your thoughts, Pat. I see. I'm going to just do this just to, uh, frankly, spite you a little bit and go with truth. Um, because uh, I you know what they just, say about just opinions. because I, they're like a-holes. Everyone's got one. Everyone's got one. And or here's you the thing. I, I, I absolutely see your point because no one expected Philadelphia to go to the World Series last year, yet they did. Yeah. Because um, they got and, hot. And, right. And, and they honestly could pull it off again this year. But I, I just I look at the Atlanta Braves. I'm like, OK, who's better? Mm-hmm. And 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 that 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 that's where I ultimately came down with this. I'm like, okay, who's who's better? Could I see someone like the Baltimore Orioles doing it with how good they are this year? Yeah, sure, I could see them doing it. Could I see the Dodgers pulling it off? Yeah, I could see them pulling it off. I, I I mean, could the Brewers make a good run? Yeah, they could make a good run. But at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, who's who's better? And, yeah, I mean, and you got like, to take a look at Baltimore, Tampa Bay. Um, right. Houston, Texas. Houston, yeah. I mean, I mean, you could look at Seattle even as well. I mean, there's a lot of stuff up in the air in the. Um, it, it, it's it's yeah. not a done deal. I and I I would agree with that. It's not a done deal. But I I would say by far the favorite right now probably is the Atlanta Braves, and that's why I'm going to go with truth. No, that's that's fair enough. I'm yeah. not going to discredit that. I, I yeah. just think it's going to be. Way, way, way more difficult than people give credit for for whomever they're going to face. So, with that being said, I think now would be also a great time for me to present to you my second truth or fiction, which is Americans have too much freedom. Truth or fiction, Mr. Padoni? Fiction. Why? Why? Uh, I don't think Americans have enough freedom. Huh. I mean, if we go back to the years of COVID, for example, and we watched government basically destroy people's lives and livelihoods, um, yeah, I, I definitely would say fiction there. Um, we could look at the Second Amendment and we could point out some fiction there because there's there's restrictions on the Second Amendment. Uh, there's restrictions on the First Amendment, so I would say that there's fiction there, and these were never meant to have restrictions per se. Let's say what restrictions actually exist on the First Amendment, Pat. Uh, well, like uh, being able to contextually say things like in a movie theater, like fire. That that's actually um, not what that um, ruling ever actually said. That's a that's an absolute okay. misreading, and it has been for a very long time. You can absolutely, by the way, constitutionally yell fire in a crowded theater. You absolutely have every right to do so. That is not. not they the used it as no, an here. example of creating panic. There, there's there is virtually no limitation on your freedom of speech outside of libel. Slander mm-hmm. and defamation. Slander. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And those what are about, uh, legal definitions of your speech in which your speech creates action, right? What about the what about the censorship on like big tech platforms then? Don't disagree with you. That's not a limitation on your first amendment. You have every well, right. That's true. But, you have every right to say whatever the hell you want on any platform. You just might suffer some consequences for it. Sure. Sure. But to my larger point though, how many how, how many over especially over the recent years here, how how many restrictions have we seen over like say my own medical freedom? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And them trying to mandate the jab. Well, no, I'm I don't glad I don't you, believe I'm glad you brought all that up because um <clears throat> as we get out of the quote unquote covid era um a recent poll found 34% of democratic voters believe that americans possess quote unquote too much freedom compared to 14.6% of republicans what what republican is deciding that we have too much freedom in what world in fact we've experienced a curtailing of your freedoms, your freedom in the First Amendment of religious assembly, your freedom of assembly was restricted, your freedom to run a business restricted, your freedom to do almost anything. If you lived in a city like Chicago or New York or L.A. or elsewhere, your freedoms were diminished to the most minute detail. Too much freedom? And, yeah. Turns out, and, though, and this... in this, I want, I want to go through the rest of this real quick. Because yeah. an overwhelming portion of U.S. voters believe that freedom of speech protections are beneficial. 52% of Democratic voters believe it's important that, quote, the government be able to censor users slash content on social media platforms it feels threatens national security. Over half of Democratic voters also believe that government censorship ability takes precedence over quote social media users being able to post content that they feel are in the national interest in contrast one-third of republicans believe this this is the problem republican or democrat we've got way too many people who don't understand the concepts of freedom and are way too willing to give freedom up for an alleged security And this is not talking Ben Franklin quote, because again, that is an absolute misquote of what he was talking about. Additionally, 75% of Democratic voters believe the government should censor quote unquote hateful social social media content, according to the poll. 75% believe, what's hate speech? Define it. I, I challenge anybody on the left to define hate speech. Oh, it's just speech you don't like. That's what it really turned. They cannot physically define it. Because what I, what, and I say this all the time to people on the left, I believe that your anti-Catholic bigotry is hateful speech, mm-hmm. is wrong, is terrible. You have every right to believe what you want to believe and say what you want to say. I have every right to not hear it. I have every right not to participate in it. And I have every right to do what? Speak in defiance of your hate. And oh, by the way, anti-Catholic bigotry online, in person, is up 400% in the last three years in America. 
according to recent government metrics. And well, why would why would oh, because they're the largest portion of the pro life movement. Lest you forget that. And also, lest we forget, I mean, this is also coming from a, a group of people that that largely believes that um, your rights, your liberty, does not come from God. It comes from exactly. government. It comes from man. Yep. And and that that that's and there the are far too difference. many Republicans that believe that to this day too. That exactly uh, the government is giving us. No, they're not. No, the government is actually just uh, a useful tool for God's message to us. Because again, we break this down a thousand times on this show. It's very, very simple. Why is murder bad? Why why do we have laws against murder and this and that and everything else in between? Why do we have them? At a very basic core, what the the ten commit or the ten commandments, the ten uh, amendments in the Bill of Rights. Most of them come from protection of your God given rights, which would be the Ten Commandments. Why is murder bad? If you're an atheist who don't doesn't believe in God, why? Why? Because it's morally ba- morally bad for who? Who decided that was morally bad? Society. And if society did that, where where did they get that from? Is it? Are you suggesting that it's just a inherent trait? coded into our DNA? If so, why is anybody murdering anybody? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how you shut that argument down. Take it down to the minute. Take it to the minutiae and just simply ask them. That's why the fight for freedom, reviving liberty is so vital. We have, we have 30 some odd percent. We have 15%. Of Republicans believing we've got too much freedom? Too much? What you talking about, Willis? And on that note, Pat, your final thoughts on today's program. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And in the world of baseball, Andrew Coppin's world will be filled with disappointments yet again. Yeah, that's probably true because that's been my entire life. <laughs> I was uh, 11 months old when we lost our first World Series. <clears throat> and then I've seen them never get back my entire life. So, yes, you are correct. I, I, I will be 41, so going on 42 years of pure and mm-hmm. total disappointment. I'm used to it by now, Pat. You're, you're not going to break me. You're not going to break me. And with that, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.